Welcome to Fleet Auto News. I'm Caroline Falls, and today I'm speaking with Michael Haston, Chief Commercial Officer at LBM, an acronym for Logbook Me. It's an interesting story, the startup, how it started as a logbook and has grown into a data-driven analytics platform, particularly for Fleet. We'll get to that, but um, first I wanted to say how excited I am to uh, get to talk to Michael about the circular economy. It's one of my favourite topics and um, I think it's one of yours. So first welcome, Michael. Thanks, yeah. Caroline. Good um, to be here. And Great. And I'll just start by asking you what your elevator pitch for this circular economy is and what about it has attracted you? Well, I think the, the, the circular economy has a multitude of impacts on, on fleet, but just looking at the circular economy itself, it's really adding a constraint to the, to the traditional take or make approach. And the restraint is really on pollution or carbon. And it's all about how do we actually reduce, reuse, recycle to, to optimize and reduce you know, waste and the results obviously will be a more sustainable business and environment that we're in because we'll be producing less, consuming more and less wasted. Um, you mentioned some of the R's, but there's, uh, I think you said uh, reduce, reuse, recycle, but there's more. There's, um, there's refuse, repair, um, repurpose. Yeah, th there can be more. I'd say the three are, the, are those key elements. Um, because as, as I said, it's all about, you know, value and use and optimizing the use of assets. Um, and it's interesting that when you look at particularly um, net zero and reducing CO2 emissions is, is, is a hot topic for a lot of companies at the moment. But then if you cycle into fleet, the priority for a lot of fleet managers is actually to reduce running costs, improve delivery of services for their businesses and increase efficiency. And then where, where I see it, the tangent with the circular economy is coming back to CO2 and a more sustainable outcomes is essentially the result. And you can't start at the result. So where I see the circular economy come in is actually in the needs, which is the inputs that delivers the results. And looking at a fleet lens, this is well, how do you reduce your fleet? How do you recycle it within your business to optimize life and value and use? And that has an initial way of or opportunity to reduce CO2 emissions and, as, and also lowering costs rather than starting at the reduce emissions um, end of the spectrum. I, I thought it might be worthwhile just to sort of like really step back here and talk about um, like, we're currently in a linear economy, which is basically saying that there's, uh, you know, never ending supply of materials and that the earth has got, um, you know, a vast um, uh, appetite to uh, re, you know, circulate uh, those goods. But, um, and whereas the circular economy is Correct. You, you, you're putting a restraint. Yeah. Correct. You're putting a restraint on 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 uh, materials, rather than saying there's uh, unlimited resources. 
is saying there is a capacity constraint. So the world can't consume resources at these rates forever. And we need to work out how to use them wisely. An example I also use yeah. is if you look at the, the consumer driven economy that we're in, and, and I think a lot of the circular economy actually started in fashion, in fast fashion. If you look at how the price of clothing through the likes of the large industrialized chains has actually gone down, there's a big challenge around clothing waste and reuse. And interestingly, to look at clothing, this is why you're seeing a few um, stores now where you can actually take your old clothes and they'll now look to recycle the threads into new clothes. And they're actually also using uh, old plastics. I think Adidas is doing that now for a lot of their, um, their clothing where they're using recycled plastics for, for clothes. And that's kind of the concept of the circular economy, you know, macro level. It's how do you reuse and how do you reduce kind of using you know, first time elements when you can actually reuse what's already been produced. Another good example is, is aluminium, where aluminium is infinitely recyclable. So how do you, one, create aluminium? And in some countries like Australia, it's a very energy intense business to create it. But once it's actually there, how do you keep on reusing those aluminium cans and recycling them? Yeah, so some anecdotes from the, the fleet industry, for example, are uh, all of this uh, work that's going into repurposing batteries, reusing the elements in them, even reusing um, end-of-life car batteries uh, to power up the home or storage for the home. So do you, do you have any other anecdotes or examples from the fleet industry? Well, I think what you're talking about there is going to be really interesting, particularly as electric vehicles increase as a proportion of broader fleets. Right now, I'd, I'd say it's still fledgling, but hopefully um, you'll have more fleets with a percentage of electric vehicles. And I think that will then bode to the opportunity as to how to purpose them at the end of life. Um, certainly, you know, the best thing, if we're talking, you know, circular economy is actually how do we buy less vehicles? And the outcome of that is one, how do you use them more effectively or hold you, how do you um, hold them longer? And, you know, some of the critical parts of that is if you've got electric vehicles, which inherently have less um, things that can go wrong because there's less, you know, there's no engine, there's no parts like that. How can you potentially look at, say, replacing the battery after a number of years or a number of kilometers and keeping that car longer? And then, as you, as you mentioned, Caroline, you, you can repurpose that battery, you can recycle that battery, and there's a whole bunch, hopefully, of opportunities that will come off um, as the number grows. Um, now's a good time to talk about Logbook Me. I heard um, your, I think it's the CEO, Jared McLennan, is that right? Yep. A conference. And uh, yeah, he was talking about how LBM went in and did a, a fleet review and basically they come out and they organise uh, less vehicles in the fleet. Is that something that is common? Well, what, where it started, and when we say Logbook Me, and we've done the KFC, which is why we're now LBM. So where we started and what the Logbook essentially is, is the window to usage. And then what we found when we were talking to, to companies as well, it's, it's actually not about the asset anymore. 
it's it's not about and this is looking at say from a telematics view it's actually not about the asset and how far it drives or how frequently it drives it's about who who's driving the vehicle why why are they driving what services are, are they providing for the business is a business personal and it's how and then what we found from where we started with logbooks coming and i'm keep, going to keep the theme of visibility on use is you complement or complete the picture of utilization where you've got the data on the asset so you've got a collection of trips and then you're applying the who how and why and then bringing those together enables companies to then say well actually this is how my cars have been driven this is why my cars have been driven and then you can actually start to build a really interesting case of to your point um, reviewing the sorts of vehicles you need the locations you need the vehicles how do you share vehicles amongst your business so a lot of businesses we work with a large enterprise and they may have very different business units and they'll be i try and describe this as two sides to our brain where you'll have business unit allocated vehicles but then how do you actually on the right hand side map people and enable people to start using cars outside of their departments and then you can use that to then look at projecting usage and supply and then that's how we work with clients to we use the term optimize, but a lot of it is uh, code for reduced fleets. Yeah, and what you're talking about there is pooling vehicles. Yeah. Correct. And again, coming back to the window of use, a lot of this, and the fleet manager job is never static, and there's so many stakeholders involved, which is why I sometimes I don't really envy the fleet managers out there. If you look at the stakeholders you have to manage, but really it's looking as to how does understanding the driver, understanding the asset, then drive policy? So what does it mean to be eligible for a vehicle? How do then do you understand utilization of pool vehicles? And how do you keep on, sorry to use the theme of circular, how do you keep it, you know, a circular approach and a dynamic approach where as data sets keep coming in, you keep re-looking at, well, this is your fleet policy. Is it still current? what should be eligibility for vehicles? Are people adhering to policy? What's the data telling us? And then you just go in that virtuous cycle. I was just curious too, like when people come to you for say a, a whole uh, review of their fleet, are they coming to save money or are they coming to you because they want to reduce emissions or do the two things just go hand in hand? it's all circular. So generally a lot of the, a lot of the time, and as I said, two of the top three priorities for fleet managers out there is to save money. And then what we are saying is, well, saving, um, reducing emissions is actually also linked to saving money. Um, Cause if you're a fleet manager out there, say with a hundred vehicles and you've got your state, your stakeholders that want you to move to electric vehicles tomorrow, the answer in many cases is not buying a hundred new electric vehicles. And this is kind of where we help with because a lot of fleets that we talk to is you don't know what you don't know. And then how do you bring the data on use in to say, well, look, of those hundred vehicles, you may only need 75. Of those 75, well, there'll be a path and plan where you can increase the amount of uh, electric vehicles within that. 
And that's actually how companies can get to coming back to the results, being lower CO2, but focusing on the inputs and actually then achieving that more sustainable fleets at a lower all-in cost. Uh, you've mentioned um, the job role fleet manager a few times, but are there other functionalities, other roles uh, that you talk to in an organisation? Yeah, ab absolutely. And when you look at fleet in an organisational perspective, there's so many stakeholders. Uh, and there's, uh, as I said, there's in some organisations, there's also not a fleet manager that, that manages vehicles. So when we look at stakeholders with fleet, you know, it's everything from HR, and HR is important, particularly when we start talking about remuneration, you know, what's the most effective way to remunerate folks within an organization? What's the policy on using people's private vehicles, which creates this great fleet? You've got finance. Obviously, we started with a logbook, so um, tax is somewhere that's near and dear to our heart. But, of, but also finance gets the whole value and use concept. And they also look at bottom lines safety, transformation, there's a whole bunch of different roles within organizations we can talk to. And that's why, as I said, fleet is a very complex area because it does touch all those stakeholders. And this is why when we say, well, how do we work with our clients? And, you know, technically at our, at our heart, we are a telematics company, but it's actually not about setting and forgetting because it's a ongoing process of, you. You don't know what you don't know, then you understand what's going on, then you look to set policies and principles, and then you keep on refreshing the data that way. And then at its core, it's also a cultural change journey for a lot of organizations, because when you think about it, it actually strikes a chord at the front line of every organization, generally, who are the ones that use their vehicles to provide services, um, across a whole bunch of different industries. Um, I think I might just finish up soon and um, on our favourite topic, the circular economy. So I was going to ask you, do you think there's a bigger role for car share and hire companies to plane fleet? You know, are fleets moving um, from, for want of a better phrase, just in case to just enough? Is your pool product gaining traction, things like that? I, I, I think so. And it's always going to come down to looking at the organization, the seasonality and how that works. Because generally what we, what we work with clients about is how do you look at one, understanding use, optimize mobility, so you actually create more pools within organizations. And then the next phase is then looking at, well, say if I'm a government, can I pull between different departments? I think that gets more complex, particularly when you're bringing in, say, other pool providers outside of your own organization, because then you can lose control on the why and the how, because those companies, you know, that's kind of the complexity. Um, but, but certainly that there's an opportunity to then bring in sharing. And, you know, another example is look at, you know, say educational um, education providers on the large summer holidays, they may have a whole stack of cars that just don't get used. Yeah, I've heard that um, in other areas too, where even competitor chocolate uh, making companies are 
talking about getting together because of the highly specialised uh, refrigeration vehicles that they need to move chocolate. Um, so, yeah, this is a whole arena uh, to keep an eye on. Yeah, and I think it's it's and it's such a good opportunity, I think, as well. And and I we always use the well, I always use the term of like looking outside the paddock. And if I'm there and I've got a whole bunch of, you know, assets in front of me that I'm trying to manage, it's actually looking outside. What are my colleagues? What are my peers doing in their various streams within the organisation? And how can you look to adapt what journey the organization's going to, going for, and then translate to where you can then sit to enable the organization to meet their objectives. And as I said, a lot of the circular economy, the more, the more I hear about it, is the more pertinent it's going to be for a whole bunch of one companies and to just the environment and how we actually more effectively use the resources we have. Thanks for your time today, Michael. That was really interesting to talk about the circular economy. I hope our audience found it compelling. I certainly did. No worries. Thanks for having me, Caroline. You've been listening to Fleet News Group Podcast. It was edited and produced by Isabella Fiorentino. Thank you again to our sponsor, Sofico Services. It's great to have you on board. The original theme music for this podcast was created by Isabella Fiorentino. You can follow us on Spotify. Just search for Fleet News Group. We're also on Instagram, Facebook and YouTube. Our website is fleetnewsgroup.com where you can get all of our stories, videos and podcasts. Until next time, drive safely and take care.